Hello and thank you for tuning in to the third season of the iStart PIA Relay podcast, brought to you by Dementia Researcher. iStart is a professional society and part of the Alzheimer's Association, representing scientists, physicians and other dementia professionals active in researching and understanding the causes and treatments of Alzheimer's disease and other dementias. In this five-part series, we've once again asked members of the iStart professional interest areas to take turns at interviewing their colleagues and being interviewed themselves, with the interviewee going on to be the interviewer of the next episode. We'll be releasing one of these podcasts each day in the build-up to the Alzheimer's Association International Conference to showcase the amazing work of the iStart PIAs. So this week, you're going to hear all about fluid biomarkers, atypical Alzheimer's disease, reserve, resilience and protective factors, immunity and neurodegeneration, and technology in dementia, with some amazing guests. Hello everyone and thanks for joining us. I'm Hamid Sorabi and I'm an Associate Professor of Psychology and Neuroscience at Murdoch University in Western Australia. I'm a sitting committee member of the Reserve Resilience and Protective Factors of the Professional Interest Area or PIA at Alzheimer's Association. Today I'm delighted to be talking with Dr. Louise Inns from the University of Texas at Austin. Hello Louise. Hi, um, thank you Hamid. Yeah, I'm uh, Louise Inns and I'm a, a postdoc at the University of Texas at Austin in the USA. Um, and I'm here today representing the Immunity and Neurodegeneration PIA, which I've recently been elected as the postdoc representative on their committee. Fantastic. So uh, that was my first question, indeed, that you just answered it. Can you please tell us a little bit about your own research and what brought you to dementia research? Absolutely. Um, so I, I'm kind of a roundabout way to get to dementia research. So I'm a neuroscientist by training. Uh, I did my PhD at the University of Manchester in the UK. Um, somehow got a PhD in neuroscience by looking at lung inflammation. Um, but we were working on how this is regulated by the circadian system, which is um, driven by, by the brain um, and signals there. And then I moved to Munich, Germany to do a postdoc looking at adaptive immunity and how immune cells travel around the body. That lab then moved to Switzerland. Uh, and then I recently moved to Texas to follow up on essentially how immune cells migrating and innate immunity within the brain influences cognition and behavior. Um, and that kind of brought me a little closer to, to dementia through aging, um, and how cognition and behavior changes in this stage of life. Um, and I kind of, the real shift into dementia research was prompted by essentially seeing how elderly patients and patients with dementia experience this exacerbation of symptoms if they get a systemic infection. And um, so we know that there's interactions between the peripheral immune system feeding into the brain, and then this um, drives those changes. Um, and in some cases it's reversible, and in some cases it changes the the trajectory. Um, so yeah, I'm really trying to understand how immune function changes with aging and with dementia, um, and essentially what we can do to try and slow disease progression. Fantastic. And and um, I see that uh, you have been quite interested in circadian rhythm and how it may affect the inflammatory uh, markers in the brain. So can you tell us a little bit about that also? 
Absolutely. So I, I'm also on the Sleep and Circadian PIA. I'm not on their executive committee, so I'm kind of a moonlight in this role, I guess, today. Um, so the circadian system is really these daily fluctuations. So we have these oscillations of 24 hours that's driven by the rotation of the Earth. Um, and there's daily rhythms in things like stress hormones, like cortisol, melatonin rhythms. Sleep-wake is probably the most obvious one that most people are aware of. Um, but there's also rhythms in immune function. So my postdoc work, we looked at simply the, the numbers of immune cells in your blood, depending on the time of day that you take that blood sample, there will be different amounts of immune cells. And this can have really um, significant consequences down the line if you have like an inflammation or um, vaccination, for example, can also be regulated by time of day. And the kind of how this links to aging is really that these rhythms have a tendency to break down in older age. Um, and we're really looking at how this then influences neuroinflammation and behavior. Okay, that's, that's fascinating. And uh, so in, in that sense, then what are the main hot topics these days uh, in, in your research area? Yeah, so we, we have a few. So on the, on the circadian side, I would say timing of therapies. So chronotherapy is a big one. Um, on the inflammation side, I say there's three. Um, we're really looking at the role of peripheral versus um, central nervous system immune function. So that role of cells migrating into the brain versus the roles of um, immune cells within the brain. So microglia, astrocytes and things like this. There's also um, a big move for biomarkers, uh, looking at prognostic and diagnostic biomarkers on the immune side. Um, and I think also, especially for our group, the relevance of COVID-19 um, and those. And our, our PIA, I think, has been great at writing. Um, we've done a series of roadmap papers for each of these. Um, but yeah, if any of those kind of take your interest, I'm happy to talk a little bit more about those. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, because of the um, impact of COVID-19 on our inflammatory markers, I wonder if you can just uh, tell us a little bit about how this potentially can increase the risk of Alzheimer's disease. Then. Absolutely. So I think that's, we're too early to really say that just because, I mean, COVID has been not around for that long, although it feels like forever at times. Um, but yeah, it's, it's too early to have done any of these like longitudinal studies, but certainly there's um, there's great work looking at, on the one hand, how lockdown measures and social isolation have influenced um, some of the effective side of Alzheimer's and aging, so behavioral um, symptoms, but also as immunologists, we're absolutely aware of and very concerned about um, how this degree of inflammation or latent um, virus can influence predisposition to disease. So there's, there's quite a few, um, a few pieces of work looking at like how multiple hits essentially predispose to neuroinflammation and neurodegeneration. And often this is, this is on the earlier side. So things like um, inflammatory insults in utero, for example. So for the pregnant mother having inflammation and then a second hit later on in life. Um, but if we're having a huge wave of inflammation now as adults, how is this then going to affect if we then further down the line have additional inflammation? and modulate um, neuroimmune function. Great. And and potentially um, you might be also in interested or you, you could tell us a little bit about 
the relationship between gut microbiome and neuroinflammation and how they could be related. That's very interesting. So that's that's not something that I'm personally working on. I think the the gut microbiota stuff is so interesting. It's really difficult. Um, all of these like taking samples and some cases they do um, like fecal transplants, which I think is super gross, but um, really like, I mean, kudos to the people that are doing it because they're getting really interesting results. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of work on this on how the gut-brain axis can modulate um, cognition and equally how um, the brain modulates enteric function. So if there's gut problems in people with neuroinflammation. Um, and again, this also feeds back to circadian rhythms. So if this, um, if these rhythms kind of degenerate, this also impacts upon the, um, the rhythms of bacteria within your gut, which impacts upon like how they interact with your feeding schedules, which can then um, which can then modulate cognition and behavior. Okay, no, that's that's great. Um, thank you. That that was very informative. Um, my my next question for you is that how your um, PRs support your field of research? Yeah. So our like immunology is such a broad field, um, and there's quite a few of us in our PR. I think we're on about six hundred and fifty or so. So it's a really good sized group um, with a lot of different interests. So, I mean, I mentioned before, we've got peripheral immune cells like T and B cells and monocytes. And then we've got brain resident cells and so microglia and astrocytes. Um, so it's a lot of varied interests. There's a lot of people to keep happy. Um, but I think we do a really good job. So we try and do, I think, a webinar at least every month, if not every other month. So we've done a few of these. Um, we do those roadmap papers. So these are kind of discussions with smaller groups and then publish papers essentially on like it's a review of what we do know but then really pushing it to like okay what don't we know and how do we address that so I think as an early career researcher these are great because you can just get like your next experimental ideas from some of these discussions um, which is awesome uh, we also do specifically for for younger researchers we have a newsletter I think we do it three times a year. We have a break over summer. Um, but in these, there's at least like three to five junior researchers that are spotlighted. Um, you can absolutely self-nominate. So if you don't know anyone in the PIA yet, just send an email, nominate yourself. Um, and these are kind of profiles, both of your career path, what research you're doing, um, and also some background information, like a bit more about you as a person to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so yeah, I say those are the main things. We do also have um, some collaborations with other PIAs. So we did a methods club with the, the peers PIA that Adam's working with. Um, also journal clubs and Q&As Q with the authors, which I think is awesome. It's a great opportunity to really discuss with the people who did the work, um, how they got there, any trials and tribulations with getting that paper across the line. Oh, that's good, that's good. Um, and um, in terms of your committee and the, the PIA that you're involved in, um, can you tell us that um, how is it organized and, and what's the sort of um, group of people that are involved in and who are the chairs and committee members and so on? Yeah, so we have um, we have a really well organized group. I think we're um, we're really productive and it's certainly one of the best organized committees that I've seen. Um, this is really nice. We have like a bit of time at the end of the meetings to like get to know each other a bit. So it's a really nice atmosphere, I have to say. 
Um, and we have we have a chair, we have a vice chair, and then essentially that role shifts into the next session. So whoever was vice chair becomes chair. And then we have a like immediate past chair role. So this ensures like a nice continuity um, between sessions. So we kind of we keep that momentum going, which is great. Uh, we also have, we've got a steering committee. So this helps to direct our goals, push towards those roadmap papers um, and the subcommittee for this. Uh, we have a communications chair who organizes, I think all of our emails, um, the newsletter, and anything like this, and the programs chair who schedules all of these webinars, coordinates um, with other groups to um, to schedule these. Uh, also running the sessions at AAIC. So we organize and pitch some of these, and we're trying to do some sessions within, um, within other um, conferences. So we're quite nice in that we'll straddle like neuroscience, but also immunology. So trying to pull knowledge from both sides really to, um, to really get the best scientists um, into the group. And then, um, so my role, I'll come to that one. Um, so my role is as a postdoc member. So we have two uh, postdoc members um, and students and they were also elected. So there's two of us essentially representing the, um, the goals and kind of interests of more junior researchers. So not only I think junior in the sense of um, career stage, but also people who are new to the field. And um, because again, we have people entering the PIA from the immunology side like myself, but also from the neuroscience side. So yeah, trying to kind of represent everyone really. And also a shout out to the um, the two iStart staff that sit in on our meetings. They keep us to time um, and also hold us very accountable for, for deadlines. So yeah, iStart have been great through this. That's, that's very good that you've got such a very well-organized PIA, as you're saying. And in that sense, then how can early career researchers can, can get involved in, in your PIA? Oh, it's super easy. I think the the PIA is really welcoming. Um, the first thing I'd say is join iStart, or if you're if you're thinking of attending AAIC, I think they're still doing the package where you can join, you can register for AAIC and join iStart. Um, so I did that last year, and I, th- I think it was because if you did that, AAIC like the virtual content was basically free. So I was like, you know, it's a postdoc, you don't want to spend too much. Um, so yeah, so I, I registered for the virtual AIC, joined iStart, looked through the PIAs just to see what else you're interested in. So with that, I joined I joined the immunity one, I joined the sleep and circadian one, and the peers, so the PIA to elevate early career researchers, I think. Adam can correct me if, if that's not the right acronym. Um, so yeah, I joined those three. And then with that, kind of signed up to attend webinars, experience this, um, and then I, I really wanted to host a webinar. I wanted to look at the role of adaptive immunity in neurodegeneration. So pitched that to the team, got to host a webinar. So you can really go from like nothing to um, to key members relatively quickly. It's all about your motivation, like how much you want to get involved. That was fantastic. In terms of the PIA that you're involved in, can you tell us a little bit about the aims for this coming year and what targets are you aiming to achieve? Yeah, so our our PIA, I think, was really productive last year. We had a great year writing. I think we have four roadmap papers that were published, um, potentially one, I think, in review as well at the moment. Um, we also 
kind of fostered some more collaboration. So it's really trying to maintain that momentum into the next year. So we're currently discussing like which other papers to target next, what are the hot topics. Um, so yeah, kind of going down that line. Uh, we also hosted sessions at AAIC. So again, trying to like build um, a nice session that kind of brings people in from all sides. And with that, also looking at other conferences. So looking at immunology conferences, looking at neuroscience conferences, trying to branch out and build that network um, across other, um, other research topics. Um, and I think, again, just trying to like link with the different PIAs as well. So we'd love to do more work with the, the peers PIA for, for early career researchers. Um, again, do some more of these journal clubs and methods club, because I think with immunology, often it seems like a bit of a scary topic to get into, um, but it's really not. And I think our PIA is great for um, bringing people in and kind of giving them the skills and knowledge to address the questions that they want to address. So, yeah, I think that's where, that's where we're going for this year. No, that's good. That's good. And um, are you presenting at AARC? Sadly not. I can't go this time. Um, so I, I'm a virtual attendee this year, um, but I've been through the schedule. There's a lot of really cool stuff. So obviously the, the PIA will be there at the PIA day. I think our slot is at 2 p.m. on Saturday. Um, but yeah, there's, there's basically stuff on every single day. And I would strongly recommend um, on Sunday, there's a session on neuron clear interactions with Malutansi, this is going to be a great session. There's stuff on um, glial biology, biomarkers, which is going to be a really hot topic. And um, this one's on Tuesday, I think. And microbiome, we also touched on. So this one is, um, I think it's Wednesday. But yeah, check through the schedule. I think it's great. You can type in like inflammation, immunity, and it'll bring up all of the relevant stuff. Fantastic. Thank you for that. So now it's time to end today's podcast recording. But before we go, I have a final question for you. Um, what advice can you give to any aspiring researchers out there who are thinking of potentially joining the uh, dementia research team? I would say absolutely go for it. Join iStart, join the PIAs, get involved. Um, at the same time, learn how to say no effectively and nicely. Um, this is still something that I struggle with, um, but I think there's there's a lot of pressure, especially on early career researchers, to like do all the things. Um, but the sooner you can identify what's what's important to you and what's important to your career, um, and then kind of follow those as strongly as you can, then that will save a lot of stress further down the line. Um, but yeah, absolutely go for it. Okay, fantastic. So thank you very much. Uh... Uh, Louise, for taking the time to join us today. Uh, it was a great pleasure to hear about your research and uh, what you have done and what you're planning to do with the PIA. And hopefully we can have more uh, uh, researchers joining the um, PIA that you're involved in and also other PIAs that could be of uh, interest to, to uh, the new researchers. So. Uh, that's it for today and I should say goodbye to you and uh, the listeners. Thank you, Hamid. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening. You'll find profiles on today's panellists and information on how to become involved in iStart on our website at dementiaresearcher.nihr.ac.uk and also at als.org forward slash iStart. We'll be back tomorrow with the next recording in our iStart PIA Relay podcast series. 
Finally, please remember to like, subscribe and leave a review of this podcast through your website, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and in all the other places you find your podcasts. Thank you.